Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have Caroline. Caroline has a digital marketing background. She started her business to help online entrepreneurs free up their time. Caroline, how are you? Where do you join us from? Hello, hello everyone. I am here in Utah and it is currently snowing, which is Oh awesome. no. Wow. <laughs> Are you snow, so it's Yeah, you love it? Good on you, yeah. girl. Do you do like um the activities like snowboarding and skiing? I literally was there this morning, yeah. <laughs> wow, exciting. Yeah. I've never actually um done any of them. I've uh, oh, really? Yeah, I, it's on my to-do list. I need to learn. Caroline I know. Caroline, how are you? So in today's episode, we will be talking about emails. What What is an e- For the people that may not know, what is an email newsletter? Yeah, absolutely. I am so excited to talk about emails because I think it's one of the most like underrepresentative, represented digital marketing things, I yeah. guess. Um, and emails are still pretty much like the number one revenue source for most online businesses. Um, So email newsletter to me, Mm -hmm. that is essentially a weekly, a biweekly, a monthly newsletter that just kind of informs your subscribers Mm -hmm. stuff about you. What's going on in your business? What do you have coming, up and coming? Um, Do you have any new products launching? Um, What's your favorite book of the month or of the week? You know, what what podcasts were you featured on? So for me, newsletters are very important because it creates that like, know, and trust with your audience. Um, But they don't always have to be salesy, right? I think you kind of leave the sales to email sequences, which are totally different than newsletters um, because the newsletters are just supposed to be fun, light, easy to read, things that your audience expect every week or, you know, bi-weekly or monthly. um, And then they get like excited to read it from you. Nice. How do you make it? Because some newsletters that I've signed up to seem very spammy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, every time, I mean, your newsletters are definitely something that you kind of start different times when people sign up. So essentially anytime someone signs up, Um, and is a new lead in Mm -hmm. your business. So they've given you your name and number, even if it, or name and email, even if it is like a newsletter opt-in from your website, it doesn't necessarily mean that they immediately get the weekly newsletters. Normally what we do is we put them through like a three or four day nurture sequence first, just to get to know them, them get to know you, you get to know them. So it's like asking questions, you're sharing your socials, your favorite things. Um, you're not really pushing product. It's just like a light instant way to create that, like no one trust. And then after they've gone through those first three to four emails, then you add them into, we normally do weekly newsletters. Um, so then you're adding them into the weekly newsletters. And the reason I like doing this is because people opt in to your business, all kinds of different ways, social media ads, website, organic, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think it's important as a digital business to, 
cater your emails when they first opt in to how they opted in because that's like the warmest your audience will ever be because they just took an action to opt yeah. in and give you their their contact information, which is huge. So instead of just like bombarding them with pointless yeah. information, you have to make sure that you nurture them with these three to four emails immediately that tell them like, thanks for opting in because you opted in for X, Y, and Z, yeah. you know? Um, so then that way they know that they opted in the, at the right time, uh, at the right place. And then obviously they're kind of looking forward to those next emails. Again, kind of creating that like know and trust before you put them into your weekly newsletters or other sequences. I love it. I love it because that's a way of um, doing that client approach, right? Yeah. Because if it's yeah. just like overall and we do the same process, everything, it comes across as spammy. Like I've, yeah. I'm just like, girl, you, you, you out here sending me so much of the same thing. I'm like, no, no, no. So I end up actually unsubscribing, but I love your way because it's very, very gentle and very, very welcoming for the people that are like, okay, so I have a website, I've put it up, but I have no one joining it. Yeah. How do we grow? (laughs) How do I get leads? Yeah. So another important thing um, is the organization on your back end. Okay. If you have a website and you have just one newsletter opt-in, like most people do normally on the homepage, or maybe you have a podcast and then you have a podcast opt-in as well, or maybe you also are featuring one of your sales pages and that's a different type of opt-in. So first off, before I answer the lead question, you want to make sure that each of those different opt-in boxes are organized on the back end um, because that'll definitely help avoid all of those spam complaints and stuff like that because, again, you're automating different emails based off of how they come in. But to get leads in general, I mean, obviously organic route or paid route, there's really no in between. Okay. <laughs> so the organic route, I mean, I still love free guides. Um, so with all of our clients, we always do a couple of freebie funnels. I would say like two or three of them just to kind of test. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to grow my business off of free guides, which is 100% true. Um, but the free guides, it's a good way to yeah. bring in name and emails very, very quickly. And then you utilize these same group of people that have opted in for this free guide, then you can nurture them into something else, a tiny offer, a call, a group coaching program, whatever that is, right? So giving something of value for free is still really important as digital business owners yeah. because there's a lot of competition out there. Um, and while I don't agree that you should just obviously grow your business off of free, yeah. that would be really hard. You have to obviously make money, yeah. but you should have those different tiers. So you should have those free funnels. You should have those low ticket funnels. And then you should have your medium and higher ticketed price point funnels um, because then that way you're able to bring in a broader range of audience groups. um, And you never know when people are literally able to buy your product, right? Like I know a lot of people get the whole, I can't afford it right now. It's too expensive. But that may be true. That may not be true. Um, And for those that are telling the truth, at least you do have something that they can afford at that right time for them. And then if you do have something for them, then that just creates that comfort with you immediately so that when they are able to literally afford your medium high ticket price point item, they're definitely just like 100% going to opt in for it. So yeah, no, and it makes such a difference because um, right now, even this is off topic, but I'm just on YouTube listening to um, a human design and a girl's written, she's done like 32 videos, 15 minutes explaining 
everything and then and then she does but she's so gentle then she'll say oh opt in this is the freebie and then this is my course but her approach is so gentle that I would even invest in her course because she's out here telling us how to do it by ourselves and then she does a course so technically if 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 you want to you don't even have to buy the course because she's already given it to you for free but then if you just want someone to reassure you a little bit that you're doing it correctly she's there which is amazing with regards to the timing of when to release it does it matter like the times or the day yeah so um yes and no i mean with your email sequences um i always like to still keep them monday through friday i normally set the time like nine to five or maybe nine to 7 p.m at the latest because you just don't want um i actually had a client when i first started with her um she like emailed me quick because someone complained that they were getting emails at like two or three o'clock in the morning because is that because of time zone is that because of the time zone no someone didn't customize like when the email should be sent because in all these email programs you can customize like a start stop date Um, and then that way even on different time zones like you still want to make sure that they're getting it for the most part during the day you just don't want to send them at like two or three o'clock in the morning (laughs) um your newsletters though I only send them Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So if you have something of value and you want people's attention the most, you do want to send those Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Mondays and Fridays and Saturdays. Sorry. Mondays, Fridays, Saturdays. They just really don't get that good of open rates compared to Sunday, yes, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we always save our newsletters for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. I normally send them, um, like all of my clients, we always send newsletters Wednesday at like 6am in the morning. Um, because the earlier, the better, just because as the day goes on, your email obviously builds up and builds up and builds up. So we've definitely done a lot of testing on that and have found like 4am to 6am, no matter really. I, so I'm mountain time zone. Um, but even if my clients are like Eastern, I still Mm -hmm. do like a four to six am send first thing in the morning and we always get really good open rates with that and you can see the analytics like like if they opened it or if they didn't yeah that is you have a email programmer so if you're sending emails which you should because then that way you're organizing based off of list and groups and tags and you're really able to watch essentially the the client journey, like your customer journey. Um, If you're going to send through just like Gmail, no, you're not going to be able to see that unless you have some programmers built in that will tell you when people open. But yeah, so any like MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, MailerLite, any of these um, email programmers, you're able to track a lot of analytics. Which one is your favorite? Because some people go for MailChimp. Others are like, no, I don't like MailChimp. I go for something else. Yes. Um, so I would say 90% of my clients are on MailChimp. Okay. I like active campaign personally okay. myself. Um, but I will say active campaign is a very tech based email programmer. So it can be a little bit uh, overwhelming for those who aren't. I think, yeah, for the most part, everyone does MailChimp. And obviously I like the paid version of MailChimp just okay. because you're able to do automations with yeah. that yeah. Um, instead of having to just like schedule emails out. But um, yeah, I always tell my clients, like, if they don't have one, get a free account on MailChimp. There will come a time when we need to trigger different automations, in which case then you upgrade. But um, other than that, um, some of my clients have been using Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. And I've been liking that one. It's, it's, um, it's, I would say it's like very similar to MailChimp, but those are like the three that I'm in and out quite a lot. 
Nice, nice. Is there any way of growing your email list with social media? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think if your sole goal is to grow, yeah. well, this is across the board, but if your sole goal is to grow just your email list, then you want to make sure that that link in bio, I'm just thinking like Instagram for now, but yeah. any link that you're attaching, you want to make sure that that links to one thing, which yeah. is whatever you're using to grow your email list, like through your freebie funnel yeah. or whatever that looks like. The problem with these link trees, um, they're good. However, if you want people to just take one specific action, right? Because we all have squirrel brain syndrome. <laughs> we all get overwhelmed or we yeah. get sidetracked. So if you want someone, like if you're doing a promotion or anything like that, and you want people to actually pay attention to what you're posting, like for example, growing your email list, just put one link and just focus your content to yeah. that one link. Um, any other content or anything like that, you can talk about on social media and just tell people to DM you instead of yeah, clicking yeah, that link yeah. in bio. But if you want people specifically to go in, opt in, freebie, or whatever that looks like to grow your email list, just focus on one link. That and, is uh, so true. The, the, the one link is so true because I have Linktree and it's like on the Linktree, I've got like 10 things and it's like, yeah. and, and, and it's like people still asking me for the link. And I'm like, it's yeah, on the link. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, yep, that yeah. one link is so powerful. How can you make money from your email? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love this question. Um, a slew of ways. I mean, emails are still so powerful. And I know a lot of people are biased to emails because they personally are like, I never open my emails. I always mm -hmm. delete them. Yeah, yeah. But realistically, you're still opening and deleting the emails, which means you're still reading a subject line, okay. which yeah, means... Yeah. That business is still top of mind when you're going through this, right? Yeah. So in emails, I mean, whether you're e-commerce or service-based, digital, it, it doesn't really matter. Any type of um, company yeah. in general, when you're putting different links uh, within your email, obviously the copy within your email um, and your click-through rate, that yeah. will determine how strong that copy is um, and how convincing it is. But you can sell tiny offers. You can sell getting on a call with you to a high ticket, right? You can sell like into your group coaching program. You can have countdown emails. You can give discounts. Like, I mean, we use them obviously right now for the holidays, for example. We're yeah. still a lot of different holiday campaigns for our clients and offering different discounts, whether it's getting on a call, or um, signing up for like an online course or whatever that looks like. But emails are super, super powerful. And if you feel like you're sending emails and no one's clicking or taking yeah. action, in them, then it's the copy and or the design of the email. So okay. a lot of people feel like they want their emails to look like a website page, like very aesthetically. Is that good? You no, know, no. Because you okay. cause it, it, essentially it like... I would be Again, confused. Yeah, I would be really yeah. syndrome. Exactly. It's like there's too many things people yeah. can look at and there's too many options for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more specific, the more direct, obviously direct marketing, the better and that the and the copy within it, the more direct that is, then um, it'll definitely help with purchases outside of emails. Well, wow, that is that is so interesting. Yeah, because when you see it so pretty, I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is too pretty. Um, yeah. I saw your post. It said, "Never launch without a plan and a funnel in place." Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, we're definitely big funnel people. Uh, whether mm -hmm. it's email funnels or uh, like landing page, sales page funnels. For, for the people that doesn't know what funnel is, how can we oh, describe yeah. a funnel? Yes. So a funnel is 
essentially uh, a URL outside of your website. Um, and it is a piece of direct marketing. So you're taking a funnel built like a website page, right? But it is direct. There's no header footer. There's no other options other than whatever the copy is written yeah. to whatever program service offer you're providing. Um, and then these funnels are URL based. So they're, you know, like websites essentially, but they're just sales pages, landing pages. These are all different types of funnels. But then you also have email funnels, which is like a seven day sales sequence after you have a webinar or um, like I was saying that three to four day nurture sequence, those are email funnels. Um, And again, the point of those is when you get people into these funnels, you're kind of tracking um, the different links. They're very, it's direct marketing. So the funnels, even though it's three or seven, it's all after, and it's, it's, um, it's upselling one specific thing. So it's not telling like, you know, go check out my podcast and yeah, my Instagram yeah, yeah. and this and this and this. It's just focusing on one thing over seven days or 10 days or three days, whatever that looks like. So those are email funnels. Um, and then essentially anytime you click on an ad, anytime you click on someone's LinkedIn bio outside their website, those would be funnel pages. I love it. I love it. I saw you're, you're good at Instagram, honestly. Um, <sighs> and another thing I saw was um, headers to start your post and you gave like different options. So, so you put headers, so you gave examples. So how to, which one was the other one? So you put like different examples. So for the person that may not know how to begin it, would they just write it as a, like a blog post? Yeah. Yeah. The headers and the hooks. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. My Instagram, I'm like hot on it for sometimes, and then it sits for a couple. No, of weeks. keep going, keep I, going, I, I keep know, going. I do love it. Yeah. So headers and hooks. So that's so, and especially email related, um, or even when you're posting content, yeah. that first line, even when we're running ads, even when you're r- writing a sales page, people, that first line will make or break yeah. whether or not people are going to continue reading or click to read. Right. So that's what we call the hook or yeah. the header. Same thing with your subject line. So if you have a really low open rate, um, I would say anything probably under 30% would be considered low to me. Okay. So if you have a low um, open rate when it comes to emails, then focus on your subject line and kind of split test different ones. Keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it quirky or weird or funny or um, direct or anything like that. Just play around with the subject line. Same thing across the board when it comes to social media captions. That first line is your most important. Your paid ads, that first line is your most important. Even on a sales page, I had a client, I did a funnel audit for her. And the first thing I noticed on her sales page with that first line, it was yeah. just like way too broad and not direct at all. Okay. And I was like, this is probably where all of your lack of sales comes because people, if they're looking at your social or they're looking at your ad or they're looking at your sales page or they're trying to open your email and they see a line that doesn't relate to them, then they're just going to exit out literally instantly. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it is so true. It is so true because when it's so vague, we're just like, I'm so lost. Uh, like um yeah it is so true (laughs) next either you're going to delete or you're going to put in a different folder or with regards to automating your business so say with regards to um if we have a sequence we can and in how often do we have to check it or how does that work yeah um automation my favorite thing ever in the world so i think essentially every digital business can be about 80 percent automated what in reality that means you're manually doing 20%, right? Yeah. So 
um, your emails, every single one of them can be automated. Okay. Even, I mean, your, your newsletters, you obviously have to write them and schedule yeah, them yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you have to build these automations first, but yeah, any of your emails, um, when you go to automate these sequences, which essentially looks like, you know, someone comes in through your funnel, through your social, through however that is. And then they, based off of whatever tag, which would be your first initial trigger, then they get a slew of emails set yeah. over a couple of days. So they get that first one immediately. You wait a day, two days, they get a next one. You wait a day, next one, you wait a day, next one, right? All of that can be automated. Um, and essentially the nice thing about automation, it's like set and forget unless it doesn't convert well. So if you are building out these automations and you feel like your open rates or your yeah. click-through rates aren't high enough or your sales conversions aren't high enough, then obviously you can go in and tweak the messaging, the subject lines, the look, the feel, and everything like that. But for the most part, it's all the hard work is just building out these automations. And then after that, it's just tweaking, which is so much easier than running your business manually. A hundred percent. And is there, so say for example, one of your clients got a complaint. Mm -hmm. if, if no one says nothing, do we know we're doing good? Or how does that work? Right, right. Um, so if they've gotten a complaint on... Like if their emails like double sent or, okay. you know, something like that, right? Then obviously though any of that can be fixed. Um, but if they're getting a lot of like unsubscribers, yeah. then it's definitely you have to essentially elongate the amount of time between each email. Because for me, if you're getting a lot of unsubscribers, it's really two reasons. One, you're sending too many emails at once. Okay. And then two, you're sending the wrong type of emails to the wrong type of group. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so important to organize your group because you'll know or organize your emails into groups and tags and whatever, you know, groups, tags, lists, that's pretty much across the board, but you'll know pretty quickly based off of that group's activity, whether or not you're sending the right type of emails, too many emails. Cause I do get a lot of people that are like, Oh, I feel like a weekly newsletter on top of these sequences is too much. But, uh, for the most part, you just watch your unsubscribe rate. And if it's high, yes, uh, okay. definitely. But normally unsubscribe rates are not, if you're if you're sending the right type of content to people that opt in, then you really shouldn't have an issue with your unsubscribe okay. rate. Oh, that's so good. That's so interesting. Tell me about your journey. So, so how was your business born? What was that like? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are uh, going, well, we're three years old. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> and I did not start it as an agency. I turned us into a done for you based digital marketing agency last year. Um, wow. But I started uh, essentially like right before COVID. Um, and yeah, my background has always just been, I well, I built websites. I did like some organic I always liked that aspect um, built, and then building websites obviously broke into writing emails. And then from there, essentially because of COVID and the whole digital yeah. space and a lot of businesses moving digitally online, um, I got into funnel marketing okay. um, and the importance of it. So then I essentially took my website knowledge and um, I used to do affiliate marketing and I took all of that and then I focused on writing and building funnels. And so I just kind of did that, I would say like freelancing for a bit okay. um, and kind of coaching, but I quickly realized I don't like coaching because I, because co when you're a coach, you coach people, right? 
Uh, when you're a consultant, you consult the business. And I'm, I don't like coaching people. I like to be, I'm very business oriented. Okay. <laughs> so give me numbers, uh, give me your business analytics, and I will break it down for you, what you need to do, what's working, what's not working. But I am not going to coach you and remind you things and you know, tell you to do X, Y, and Z. So after realizing that, that's when I launched the, the agency. And then we've just gone full on from there. At some point, was your coach? Yeah. I mean, I consider myself like just like a business coach um, okay. because at the time I didn't really understand the true difference between a coach and a consultant. Okay. Yeah. What, yeah. what would you say to anyone that's kind of like wish-washy with their clients? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, there's a million different ways you can pivot a business for sure. Um, but if you don't like to be client facing, for example, yeah. then instead of being a coach, I would say you can look into the consultant yeah. option because when you're consulting, it's you're consulting based off of the business's performance. You're not based, you're doing a coach is based off of the person, mm -hmm. the physical person's performance, right? Um, so when you're consulting, you don't have to get on calls with your clients as often because you're looking at the business yeah. um, and you're not dealing with the person as much. However, if you're still not wanting to be client facing, then the next route and probably the best route is just to launch an online course. Um, you can still make incredible money, definitely multiple six, seven figures, just automating an online course. I know tons of people who do it. We help our clients do it. It's it's if you don't want to be people facing, um, yeah. that's definitely the easiest and fastest way to like pivot your business is to launch an online course for sure. I love that. I love that because some people are like, oh, or it's the wrong timing or, or they'll be like, yeah, but I'm so irritated. I end up screaming at my clients yeah. and you'll be like, what are you, are you like? This is not good. Yeah. I saw, I, I saw your post. It says rejections and failures, learn to accept them, understand them and learn from them. Yeah. Oh, you're so awesome. I love all your research and, and, uh, and stuff with that. Yeah. I've definitely had a million and a half failures. Um, yeah. and I think, I feel like people hear this quite a lot, you know, like don't let your failures set your, set yourself back, just yeah. learn from them and take action. But I just, I feel like a lot of people still get super hung up on failures. And I think one of my biggest lessons definitely last year, I would say, as I moved the company into yeah. an agency is dealing with clients. And um, when we get clients that I mean, for the most part, my clients are all positive. They always send us happy things. So I, at last year at the time, I was just wasn't used to like any bad comments, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And if I got a bad comment or something like that, then I would just beat myself up. And then, you know, eventually I just like stopped and was like, no, like this, no, learn from this, Yeah. you know, own up to your mistakes. If it was that, if it, if, if it's something that the client needs to be doing, you need to obviously tell them, yeah. but you know, just listen, take action and move on from there. Cause you can't get hold up on failures and negative comments and people bringing you down. I mean, yeah. first off, if you have too many of them, you need to relook at the type of clients you're getting anyways. Last year when I was moving us into this done for you agency, 
we were working with all kinds of different businesses. And that's why we brought in clients that were not aligned to who I wanted to work with. So we obviously still now stick with coaches and consultants um, because that is our group. Those are the people that I work with. But even within that, there are specific industries I don't like to work with. So I stay away from those types of coaches and consultants because I know that they're just not aligned to work with us. And there's yeah. a million other agencies that they could work with, right? So if you do feel like you're beating yourself up because client feedback um, or you're just working with tough clients, yeah. then you need to look at your your messaging and you need to market and grow a different group of clients. Because when you have aligned people working with you, it is like make or break yeah. your day, your business, your life. Um, it's pretty awesome. But even then, I mean, as you go on and as you grow your business, right, you start zero, you go 10K is obviously that that first pivotal moment. Um, as a business over making 10K a month and then 10K to 30 and then 30 to 50 and then 50 to 80. And each time you're reaching these new tiers of income, there are so many different struggles. Like just when you think you got it and you're like, woohoo, this is awesome. 30K months rolling in, like this is easy breezy. I guarantee you something is going to come up because each time you grow your business, you're going to realize what you're lacking or what you need to put in place. And if you don't listen to that and understand that, then you're going to have some setbacks. But obviously, as those setbacks come through, just listen to them, understand why they're coming and grow from it. And I think that's like the biggest thing of being a business owner is just don't let it set you back too much and just take it as feedback and feedback helps you grow and become a business, better business and a better person. I love it. I love it because that is so true because in a way you're expanding the business. But like you say, Every level, different level. From the from the jump from 10 to 20K to 30K, what has been your lessons? Oh my gosh. It's going to be different for everyone. But okay. as an agency, your team is like the most valuable people ever, right? Because as an agency, if I want to grow this agency and bring on more clients, then I need to step out of working in the business and step more into obviously overseeing the business. But the only way I'm able to do that is if I hire. And a lot of people are not keen on hiring because obviously then your net profit goes down. But if you want to run a successful business 10, 20, 30. I mean, you can definitely run a business by yourself and make 30K a month for sure. But after that, it's going to get really, really hard. You're going to definitely need some help. Um, Even if you have incredible systems in place, you're going to start needing some help. Um, And if you want to reach to a million dollars, like most people do, um, you're going to need a team behind you for sure. Um, And it doesn't have to be a huge team. Um, I mean, I would say, I mean, we're a team of six, uh, which I feel is. Congratulations, girl. I know a lot of my clients have about a team of, I would say around six, um, especially those who are making seven figures. So it doesn't have to be like 10, 20, 30 clients, right? Unless you're looking to grow like a corporation, but having help is so big and Mm -hmm. being able to step out of the business, like I was saying, and step more into overseeing the business, that's huge for your sanity and for the business as well. I love it. I love it. The bit where you said you could run a 30K um, month business on your own. When did you know that at 30K, okay, I can do this, but now it's like, I can feel the heat. I'm struggling. Yeah. So for the most part, um, I would say if you are doing a third, and now again, this would be more if you're just like a coach. Yeah. So a coach, a consultant, or you are digital creator, like a course creator and you have an online course. Um, Because for the most part, 
your time should be spent. Once, once you built up your business yeah. systems, your time is coaching, which um, if you're doing one-on-one coaching is very limited. Yes. So if you're doing 30K a month, you're probably bringing in, I would say you probably have what, 10, maybe more depending on your price point. Yeah. Um, clients a month. If you're doing a 10K program, maybe you're around three clients a month, okay. but I would say anywhere close to five plus, you're going to want to bring someone else in yeah. to help coach, right? Same thing with a course though. Even if you are completely automating a course, yeah. you have it set up, you have everything running in the back end. The more you grow and bring in that amount of people yeah. to make 30K a month, you're going to have to have customer service and you're not going to want to have to deal with that. Wow. Right? So you have to have like VAs or employees yeah. in the background that yeah. will manage customer service or any glitches or complaints that happen on the back end. I love that because sometimes we forget about the customer service. Yes. And yes. And, we're, and we're so focused on building, building, building and this and that, that sometimes it's like we have to pay attention to the I love that mm-hmm. bit. Caroline, with regards to alignment, what do you say to the individual that's scared of niching down for fear that it's going to take a while to, to bring in the income that they were having all set of different clients? Yeah. Yeah. But niching down. Yeah. It's definitely a good thing if you've done your market research. Right. Yeah. So I, for the most part, it's funny because when I was coaching, <laughs> I think people are told different things all the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my clients were telling me, Oh, this coach that I worked with before, or this business I worked with, or yeah. this agency, it doesn't really matter. But this company I worked with before told me that I needed to like niche down. And I actually told them opposite because when you are new, yes. um, so I would say anything, I would say like less than 10K a month, right? When you're new, you should not niche down <laughs> because yeah, yeah. it's going to take you really, really long to make 10K yes. plus a month, yes. right? Because you're literally like forcing yourself to only market to a specific type of audience, but you don't even know if that audience is going to convert. To we'll give audience. you we'll give you the turnover in the first yeah, place. Exactly. So you want to start broad and then as you grow your business yeah. and you start seeing income coming through and you start getting feedback from your current clients, yeah. then you can niche down. Because for example, with my agency, you know, when we march, it was like or when I moved it over to done for you based services. Yeah. I was getting inquiries from e-commerce companies is actually a really great example. And I was like, oh, e-commerce, it's online. We can totally help you. E-commerce and fashion companies, right? Okay, so wow. I had two clients, yeah. And then, and then coaches and consultants, because I've always been with coaches and consultants. Okay. So I was like, oh, we're going to try something new. If I can make it into the e-commerce industry, like we're going to be set. Huge. Well, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, huge. Right? I was like, we're going to make millions. Worldwide, international. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was totally wrong. Um, I do not like working with e-commerce and I do not like that industry. It is totally different, totally different. But I did a year working with e-commerce based companies until I realized, no, like this is way too big of a headache. I was losing my sanity. I need to stick with coaches and consultants, right? So that's a really good example. Like you'll, if you want, you'll work broad. Yeah, And you might have, and you'll notice for sure, some people that you just despise working with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. just life, right? Yeah. Some people are just really mean and it, it just, that's what it is. And you will start to pick up on similar industries like e-commerce. And it's not like my clients were mean. It's just e-commerce is like a whole different beast that I just don't get, even though I know digital marketing. Yes, right? yes. So you'll just pick up on these things and then just kind of make a mental note. The next time you get on a sales call, 
and it's in that industry, you know, make sure you say no <laughs> to the opportunity because you know that you're not actually going to be able to grow your business because yeah. it's too much of a headache dealing with these unaligned clients, right? So say no to the opportunity, politely, you know, decline, maybe refer them to someone else. That's a good that one. That's a good definitely one. definitely get clients in alignment after that for sure. I love it. I love that you said this, but the only reason to do this is having worked with them, right? There's no way of, of like jumping over and saying, no, I don't want to work if you don't know, right? You have that, you have that one, you have that one year experience and it only comes up when you have like struggles or obstacles. That's, that's when you have to deal with them and then speak to them and, and, and come, but that's the way you only do it. So yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Exactly. You have to learn. Um, and then that's also part of failure as well. Um, so I mean, we've, I've only in my three years, I've only had one person ask for half of their payment back. Okay. And that's good. It was that's... definitely, yeah, yeah, no, I know for sure. I mean, cause we have like a 98% client retention rate, but that was, um, beginning of last year when okay. I was moving this over and I was just like, I'm going to work with everyone. And now I know for sure, like that's, and it was an app based, um, industry as well, which again, app-based and digital marketing is just, it's different, um, like funnel marketing, direct marketing, like we do. So yeah, that was like the only time. And I, that was a huge, huge, obviously it was a big failure because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time anyone's asked ever for money back. But then yeah. also it was like a huge lesson because I knew this is not the type of industry I should be working with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that is so good. That is so, so true. I saw one of your posts. It says, on the one platform, you can make a website, courses, and checkout pages and funnels. What is Drop Funnels? Yeah, I love Drop Funnels so, so much. Um, I've been with Drop Funnels since the beginning. I know the owner, like the guy who created it. I worked with him a ton. I was in his mastermind group. Um, so yeah, I it's an incredible platform. They're only, oh my gosh, I guess they're only like, two and a half years old, maybe. Okay. Um, so very similar to ClickFunnels, Kajabi, WordPress-ish. Um, mm. So I just feel like WordPress is kind of outdated now. Um. Can, it, can, can you do a checkout page on WordPress when you're buying something? You can. Yeah, you okay. can set up like WooCommerce or you can integrate. And you can set up a course through WordPress, like okay. through Learn Dash, because we still have some clients on WordPress. But to me, WordPress is just very old school at this point. Yeah, There's yeah. so many different funnel programmers out there that are 10 times better. They're faster. Yeah. They're very easy to build. Um, and your analytical tracking is like you can track every single That's page amazing. And every single button. So drop funnels is like you get unlimited funnel builds. Mm-hmm. You can you can build your website. Like my website's through drop funnels. I have blogs. And that's an amazing website. That is an oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does pretty well. It's pretty basic, I feel like, but it does pretty well. Really? You can build courses, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I just, I mean, I haven't touched that thing in literally, I've, I think I've had that. So I haven't touched that thing in like three years. So that's why you're saying that because you're so used to the same images, the same colors, the yeah. same template that you're like, but obviously for someone that yeah. I, I came on it, I went through it. I was like, this is really, really good. And, and you can also build a course on it as well. Yeah, you can build courses. And then like a course would be anything you want someone to log into. Okay. So it like can be like someone log give you can give them login access and they just watch a video if you want. But yeah, a course, it could be a big course, like a 12 week course. It doesn't really matter. But anytime you want someone to have login access, you can build that through there. There's a bunch. You can do quite a lot through drop funnels. And then obviously it it integrates um, internally okay. to your 
other programmers, like um, you can integrate like Calendly, uh, email programmers, your checkout processors like Stripe, PayPal, whatever those look like. So it's literally your, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. It's very organized. It's very fast. I mean, obviously speed is important. Uh, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. You know, download these pages and stuff. So, and um, yeah, I just, I love it. That is amazing. Um, Caroline, knowing where you are now, knowing before when you just started the business that, that you didn't know about the many different clients, areas, careers, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh my gosh. The biggest advice is just to keep going, yeah. right? You cannot give up. Um, I mean, the, the amount of times I was like, I think I have to go back to corporate. I can't probably even count on a finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of times like crying on the floor, like, oh my gosh, here we go. I, I had a, a different business uh, before this that I had to shut down. So What did you have? You know, so I was in um, the car industry and so, and I was an affiliate marketer. So I had like a blog just for affiliate marketing, Okay, but it just didn't bring anything in uh, after like five years. And I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on it. And so shut that one down. And um, when you know, did you know, it's... when did you know to let go? Cause sometimes we're emotionally invested with our yeah. time and with our money that we're like, no, this, this needs to give me a turnover yeah. because it's, we're too, we're too much in. Yeah. So I knew when I spent $180,000 with a marketing company that didn't do crap. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that was a big failure at a time. 180 grand is a lot of money. Um, Girl, that's a lot like, of money. That's a house. Four years ago. I know. I know. But biggest lesson from that yeah. is obviously I'm able to grow my own agency complete opposite to yes. how that marketing agency charged yeah, yeah, and yeah, performed yeah. and stuff. So I learned a lot. Like, I feel like the only reason my company is so successful is because of working yes. with such a bad marketing company yeah, that yeah, was yeah. done for you based services. But I mean, when I launched this company, because I realized that one was not going to make money with that marketing and I just didn't know how to pivot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I launched this one while I was kind of shutting that one down. Okay. And, um, you know, I think that like crossover uh, in between, it was just definitely a good lesson. I learned a lot running that business yeah. um definitely just learn more on like business assets p&ls like the back end financials yeah. and then definitely working and hiring people for sure but um but yeah i mean even though like that was a huge failure it was obviously do you stay with corporate or mm -hmm. do you expand a different company yeah, um, yeah. in which case i did and was able to you know start this and grow it pretty quickly which i'm very fortunate to be able to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, you're still always going to have, and I was just talking to one of my clients. She makes, I mean, she brings in, I would say 120 to 150 a month, right? What? So she makes amazing money. Yeah. So she's like a multimillionaire, but even though she, you know, even though she's bringing in that much money, we yeah. had a talk the other day about like, she was like, I need to bring in more profit to my to myself because you have so much overhead. Yes, right? yes, yes. Because Advertisement. Go, yeah, Adver yeah like exactly. She spends about 50K a month on ads, right? Yeah. So it's like, that's half. And then she has her employees and it's like, yeah, I mean, I definitely get it. So even, even though you think, like I was saying before, you know, it's owning a business, like there will always be ups and downs. Yeah. And I think every single business owner will always tell you this. Yeah. But those that are successful are obviously those that can try to stay ahead of the curve. Um, and then if they do fall back some, yeah. they can pivot quick and 
um, reestablish something to continue bringing in um, profit. And they're just like kind of quick on their feet and then they don't give up. You know, I always think like if I put the amount of energy into that old company that I do now, knowing all of my yes. background, yes. would it have been successful? I think so. Um, I could obviously go back and redo that, but I just don't have time for it. Um, so I think, you know, as you grow, you're just, you learn so many different things. Um, so it's just important to keep going and, and not giving up. Obviously, if you're just like in tons of debt yeah, yeah, and yeah. there is yeah. no way of getting out of it, then yes, unfortunately you have to look at something else. But for the most part, you know, if there's a will, there's a way and you work a lot of hours, but yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> I love it. Any tips to anyone that's about to hire their first person? Oh, yes. I love hiring so much. Yeah. Hiring your first question or person, ask a lot of questions. I think so many people get caught up in the sales call because yeah. they're literally people that are trained just to sell you, right? So you have to take charge when you're yeah. on these sales calls and you have to put yourself first and you have to ask a lot of questions. And then also do not ever be afraid to ask for referrals. Okay. Um, I mean, I literally, when I get on calls with people, I'm like, you didn't ask for them, but I'm just going to give you a list of referrals because you probably want to talk to someone because like, yes. obviously we're a big investment. investment. Yeah. So do not be afraid to ask for referrals. Um, and also <laughs> never, ever, ever say, like, you don't have to say yes on that first call. And never, ever, ever say yes just because you feel bad for the person. Yeah. I had a client the other day. She called me and was like, I signed up for this program because like the sales girl, she just like got me and then I felt bad if I said no. And I was like, what? You can't, don't ever think that. It's your money. Don't think that. They'll learn from it. They'll yes, learn from their yes, sales call. Yes. They'll grow. They'll yes. be able to like reestablish themselves. But I think, I mean, I made that mistake in the beginning of the business too. It's like this shiny object syndrome and mm. people are really, really, really good at selling. Yeah, yeah. And you get on calls with these like high-end salespeople and it's like, sure, before you know it, like there's $16,000 and it's just like, did I really want this? And then you're <gasps> locked in, right? So it's like, you just, you don't not have to say yes on the first call. You can definitely vet multiple companies, ask for referrals and ask a lot of questions. I love it. Excellent. What is, Caroline, what is your favorite book? Oh, um, so my favorite book is definitely, it's called um, Happy Pocket Full of Money. Oh, you're the um, second person to recommend that book on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mm. I would say, I forget the author. I'm trying to see if I she, have She told me it changed her life. Has it changed yours? Yes. Yeah. yeah? That book, um, I read that book when I first started my business and I read it every single year. Um, okay. It's awesome. I love that book. Just Have the you, way that he describes yeah. money and energy and how you literally like it. Money's just like, it's just energy. Right. Um, so it's a really good book. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I'm taking note of it. Like you need to read yeah. that. What is yeah. your favorite movie? Oh, um, I'm a Disney fan. So I would say my all time is still Nemo. Love it. I love Nemo. No. I know I find it truly inspiring um if you had a billboard on the side of the highway what would it say Ooh, I think I'm just gonna have to go like because I have a podcast but I just love the word ambitious so I think I'm just gonna I ambitious as fuck like yeah just be like keep being ambitious AF. <laughs> yeah. and like pointing like yeah you. yeah 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 exactly just because I people need to yeah be okay with being ambitious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Caroline, tell me about you. Tell me about your services. When, when, when should someone approach you? 
like they're just new yeah. they, they don't even know what they're doing they just have a blog they have a yeah. but they're just like I don't even know what to do next yeah yeah absolutely so for the for the agency side um realistically in order to work with us you should be bringing in about 10k a month Okay. Um, just because we expect ad spend on top of what you're paying us. And, um, it just, yeah, it works normally. It works better if you're bringing in 10 K a month. However, for newer business owners, yeah. um, I have like a one hour strategy call, um, that I offer and that one's three, it's $350. Um, but that one's just like going over what you currently have and then what you need to create um, okay. or what you need to do. Right. So, that one I always give to like my newbie business owners and obviously, you know, tell them to just like reach out to me. I'm, I'm an open book. So that's lovely. Email, or, or whatnot, DMs. I love DMs. Yeah, yeah. I will say for, for new, new, new business owners, yeah. um, the program that I took when I first launched and I don't even have an affiliate for her. I just love her. I've, I've, I've watched her grow her business. She's had it for seven or eight, maybe nine years now. Maria went W E N D T her get clients now program. It's still a thousand bucks. I just checked the other day because I mentioned it to someone. Yeah. Um, it's awesome for new, new business owners. I mean, it obviously goes through organic routes of growing yeah. your business, yeah, which yeah. is what you should be focusing on. You shouldn't yeah. be focusing on ads as a new business anyways, but yeah, it goes over really great organic routes to grow your business and she's a great person. So I always, I always recommend it. I love it. I love it. I love that you have both one for the newbies, like a strategy call. And then yep. straight up, you need to be bringing 10k a month because some, some people are so sweet and so naive. They'll be like, I, I want to come to you. And it's like, no, baby, you don't I qualify. I know. And trust me, I've had those calls where it's like, I don't, I'm not taking your money. Like I, I don't want to, like, it's just, you just have to kind grow of it. Establish, yeah. yeah, grow it a little bit, establish it a little bit more. Um, I mean, I've, I still have worked with business owners yeah. who are launching a new business, but their other business was but still they're, Yeah, them. they're already yeah. making their research, yeah. so they have exactly. an idea of how it works. Exactly. I love it. Caroline, would you ever write a book? Yes, um, I have a book. It's written. I just need to go through the edits. Yes. The um, and it is all about just different like energy manifestation um, and just kind of just like a happy-go-lucky mindset book, but very in your face, I would say. Yeah. Um, just because I think the biggest thing that just people just need to realize that like you're, you're the only reason your life is what it is. Right. Yeah. And you can do a million things to change yeah. it. If you don't like how much you weigh or you're not feeling good in the morning, yeah. you always have headaches or your business is not growing or you don't like your corporate job or whatever this I don't like yeah. is, you're the only person that is able to change it and you can change it. So it's a book pretty much around that. I just, will it ever launch? Who knows? It's <gasps> hard. It's a lot harder than I thought. How many, how many words is it? Oh my gosh. Um, because 30,000 to 50,000, that's a book. Yeah. It's, I think I want to say it's around the 20, 20 to 30. I feel like it's okay. like 25,000. So that's a book. Are you going to do yeah. it? Do you, do you want it to be self-published or do you actually want it backed up by a publisher? Uh, I think at this point I would just pay for someone else to handle it and publish yeah. it. I mean, when I first started, I wrote it. I wrote it like two years ago. <gasps> uh, Why no, have you waited so long? I know. I know it's longer. I wrote it uh, four years ago. You? Oh my yeah. gosh! You wouldn't do self-publishing on Amazon? I know. I was thinking of that, but at this point, like it would be. I have to. 
like rewrite the edits, mm-hmm. create a book cover, mm-hmm. and then go through. And for me, it's like a time over money thing. Because I think at this point, I just want to because even because even the book cover, I saw really book covers on Fiverr. I know. And they're really, really good. I know. Just release know. it. Release it, girl. You just need to release it. Honestly, it's been I too know. long. I need to I was just thinking about that the other day, actually. And I need to print the edits my yeah. editor gave me. I just yeah. need to reprint the book out. Because when I read the book, I get really excited. Um and it just it's supposed to like lift you up, obviously. So I do get very uplifted and like eager to get it done. But then, um, I mean, it's managing an agency. Is yeah, a yeah, 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 it is. I'll do it eventually. Oh my gosh. And I hope you really do. Honestly, I really hope you do. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> Caroline, I just wanted to say a great, oh, how can this support you? How, like any, oh. any projects coming up, any more programs? Is there anything in between? So you have to earn 10K a month to work with you or we have the strategy call. Is there anything in between? Good question. I am launching an email marketing course, Q1 potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one is in the works. Um, and I might be launching a new podcast, but honestly, a new podcast. Support, yeah, I might be. For what? A, new one. Um, <laughs> a podcast just, is uh, so much hard like, work. Yeah. I know, but to keep the difference between like, the ambitious AF podcast yeah. is just like motivation, and then I want more like a marketing podcast. Okay, um, so I might be launching that soon too. But yeah, no, I mean I I'm pretty black and white. There's really only like one way, two ways to work with me. Mm-hmm. But just I would say just following on Instagram. It's I love fun. It. I try to have fun on there, and I do like to DM people. So girl, get this book sorted. Another podcast. Get become an author. I want you to become know, an author. I we know. all we all need we all need some of your magic, Caroline. I just wanted to say a great big. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show so quickly. Thank you for um, just allowing this time for the podcast, for Gentle Touch. Um, you're, you're so humble. You're so energetic. You're so bubbly. Thank you for being so real and so genuine because this is such a hard topic. Like, if we don't know what we're doing, we'll be lost. Um Aww. Yeah, so yeah. so I can't wait for all your future projects. Ruby, um, the book, Ruby, another a call or whatever that may be. I look forward to everything. How anything else the listeners can support you with? No, I love this. Um, I loved your organization and your questions. You do your homework, so thank you so much, Alejandra. Thank you <laughs> this so, has been much. so much. Fun. Oh, thank you. You're truly amazing. I'm wishing you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the 2023. Let's exactly. Go. Let's do it. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.